Paul Gillen is an author, IT journalist, and content strategist that trains B2B marketers and corporate executives to think more like publishers. He currently holds the position of enterprise editor at SiliconANGLE. He was previously editor-in-chief at Computer World and VP at Tech Target. I am pleased to welcome Paul Gillen to DTV. Uh, previously, you've said that digital transformation is different and the companies across the board are taking this seriously. What does it take for a legacy company to digitally transform itself? Well, uh, Avery, first of all, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, for the legacy companies to transform themselves, they really, it really starts with culture. And you know, when I've talked to experts in this topic and, and companies that have uh, scaled that wall of digital transformation, it comes up time and again, the biggest impediment is the old way of doing things. Uh, seat of the pants, decision-making, organizational silos, uh, resistance, uh, turf wars, uh, that's really what gets in the way. The tools are all there, and they're relatively cheap and easy to use right now. Uh, they're all in the cloud. So it really is getting your company on board with the idea that going forward, our decisions are going to be made based on facts and data uh, rather than hunches and intuition. One of the things that you, know, you and I have talked about and I've seen you talk about is about the underlying business model. And sometimes, you know, that gets interwoven with the culture. So that's one of the big challenges for incumbents that have had people work in that, you know, legacy environment. So how do you start to change those kind of value creation mechanism and, and align that with the digital strategy and, and drive that change into the, especially the sales force? Well, I think some tough love is required. And, and as we have seen in the software industry, which really went through this at an early stage, the software industry going through this transition from package sales, big licenses to subscription sales, a lot of people felt a lot of pain in that process because sales commissions had to be completely restructured. Uh, a lot of people saw their income go down. Uh, there was a lot of internal turmoil at these companies. And I think any company that's transitioning its business model is going to have resistance from those who lose out. It's going to be painful, but you got to do it because if you're going to survive, if a company is going to survive, it has to move with the times. I love the example of Ritz-Carlton Hotels. Uh, Ritz-Carlton famously gives every one of its employees the freedom to spend up to $2,000 of the company's money to please a customer if the situation merits it. They still do this. Uh, it's remarkable. And I think it, it speaks to the core, the core uh, values of that company, which is intense on customer service. And if you've checked into a Ritz-Carlton, which I had the good fortune to do just before the, end, the pandemic, you'll see that this company has incorporated digital into many, many aspects of the way it works with its customers, but without losing that human touch. It's all in context. Well, you know, a very traditional, you know, company is it's Hewlett Packard. And love your thoughts about, you know, some of the things they've done in terms of shifting their business model and you know, some examples of how they've done that. The last printer I bought was a Hewlett Packard printer and I signed up for their, their ink program, their digital uh, ink replacement program. I, I get uh, ink delivered to me every time my supply goes low, I get ink in the mail and the price is actually competitive with the off brand ink suppliers that I used to use. And the printer is outstanding. My new desktop computer is an HP computer. Uh, and I think this, uh, the, the ink initiative was a really interesting one because this company had a problem. It was perceived as being too pricey. And so it came up with a way to use technology to transform that customer experience. Another example, I think, is Home Depot, which has done a remarkable job of, of pivoting from being just a retail uh, business to one that has blurred the lines between 
digital and physical experiences. So no matter where you order the product, you pick it up in the same place. The experience is very similar online to what you have in the store. They didn't lose track of their core value. They just use digital means to enhance it. One industry that uh, you know really well that has absolutely been impacted by uh, digital transformation is, is the publishing industry. And so I'd love your thoughts about people that have really succeeded there, because I think some have managed to work their way through. There are few and far between, unfortunately. Most publishers are still are, are still struggling. Uh, I, I think one exception has been the New York Times, which uh, went for a full full throated embrace of digital uh, before most of its uh, competitors, most of its peers did, and really made the decision that it was going to change its business model. The New York Times, like most newspapers, was derived about 80% of its revenue from advertising uh, not, not too long ago. Today, they derive about 60% from paying customers, much more stable revenue source, and one that I think is going to be sustainable for the long term. We've seen some other interesting models, I think Forbes model of sort of a pseudo medium, uh, kind of a public forum uh, crossed with with a journalistic operation seems to have some traction. We've seen others like uh, like BuzzFeed, which uses um, uh, search engine algorithms and social sharing to great effect to, uh, to to maximize its audience. Again, I'm not sure how sustainable that is, but it seems to be getting some traction. And then we see the public models like ProPublica that have really yeah. uh, almost an NPR model that have turned to uh, to foundations and philanthropists to support their efforts and and are building a sustainable operation. So those are encouraging, but the overall outlook for the traditional print publishing industry is still pretty dire. One of the groups that's very different is, you know, or people talk about being very different is somehow the digital natives and that they're, you know, intrinsically easier to, you know, to, for them to you know, pivot their business according to the market needs. What, what's your advice for people like that? Well, if you think of, if you're a legacy company, think of what you have. You have assets the digital natives don't. You have brand. You have customers. That's a big asset. You have uh, reputation. Uh, you have existing supplier relationships. You have people. Uh, all of these things that's hard for a digitally native company to uh, reproduce. We're seeing the financial industry, by the way, I think has done this very effectively. Fintech companies could be a threat to the financial industry, but we've seen many of the banks and the brokerage houses partner with those companies, acquire those companies, knock off what those companies are doing, essentially adopt the best practices, let the, let the digital natives take the risk, learn from their experience, adopt the best practices or acquire them and, uh, and fill that, uh, fold that into your own organization. One I've heard you talk about is uh, Marriott, um, which is, you know, an industry that has not just been impacted by digital transformation, but also by the whole um, COVID pandemic. And so what are your, you know, what are your thoughts there and observations about the kind of the hospitality industry in general and, and Marriott in particular? Well, I think if anyone's going to survive this, you know, in, in good shape, Marriott will be one of those companies. They have done uh, an outstanding job, I think, of integrating digital into the customer experiences in ways that make sense, such as shortening the check-in process and making reservations simpler, uh, delivering in-room experiences that are delightful for their customers. They've also uh, partnered with the uh, companies like Airbnb use. Uh, they've partnered with those companies to make Marriott sort of part of that network. So they're slowly adopting the uh, room as a service uh, model. So what advice do you have for, you know, especially marketeers and traditional companies that are 
looking to use social media and some of the digital tools to get a better direct relationship with their their customers and prospects. I think you need to look at social media as being a as being a, a, a sort of a transactional tool to reach people now. Uh, it, it used to be, and when I was writing books about social media, it was more almost more of a way to to display show off your you know your creativity uh i think that has that has changed now uh for one thing it's it's a pay-to-play business now so you're not going to get a lot of free exposure through social media anymore those days are over it is a way to connect with your customers and make it possible to listen to them and, and to interact with them i think of the big package delivery firms for example which do i think a magnificent job of handling dissatisfied customers on social media, responding quickly, responding politely, constructively, fixing the problem, cementing that customer loyalty. They have a very tough job. They perform miracles every day, these companies. And and when things go wrong, as they inevitably do, they're also graceful about how they, how they handle it. There's a payoff. If customers know they can reach you that way, as my my latest my latest book is called Attack of the Customers. And and one thing I learned in writing that book is that 90% of angry customers will stay loyal to you if you simply treat them with respect and listen to what they have to say. It's almost magical. For viewers out there, um, you know, if you're interested and you're passionate about digital TV and you've got an idea for a person you'd like us to interview or a segment you'd like us to do, uh, please uh, drop a, a note to, you know, DTV at infostretch.com. And uh, thank you very much for, again, Paul, for, for joining us. And for those of you watching, for choosing to spend some time with us, uh, have a great day and look forward to seeing you again soon.